Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, Elsie, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right. So, Sean, can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, first of all, thank you so much for your time. I am super excited about this conversation for a number of reasons. Before we hit record, we were talking about your background, your company, how you're transitioning. And I'm just literally chomping at the bit to get into the details about all of that stuff. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? You got it, LZ. Thanks for having me on the show. So my background is about 15 years in software engineering. Most of that has been spent as a project manager. And in my beginning, really coming out of school in, in 2006, I, I started an agency and it was, it was nothing glamorous. It was just you know building websites, software. We did some video and some marketing services and did that for about four years. And that was a really good experience from a learning perspective, but it was not a lucrative experience. This was a service business during the recession when a lot of small businesses cut back their budgets. So it was clawing to the nail just to get every... Uh, dollar into the businesses I could. And, and we did grow. We, we ended up with five employees after about four or five years. And, and we merged with another company in 2010. It was not a, a big liquidity event. So it wasn't like a big payout. It was a fresh start because all debts and liabilities were wiped off at that point. And I could, I, I could take a step back and be like, okay, so I've worked with a few hundred businesses here, mostly small and mid-sized businesses and, and got to know which businesses are, are really profitable or lucrative and which are, are a lot of work, but not a whole lot of payout. And knew that the type of business I wanted to create was something software related. I didn't have any ideas at the time, nor could I really find product market fit. So I just started doing contract work for larger businesses. And I've been doing that um, the last 10 years, some of the companies I've, I've done work for include GE and Kohler. That allowed me to get inside of big businesses and understand how do they operate, how do they market, how do they sell, how are contracts written, how do you negotiate, and a really great experience. But along the way, in parallel to that, I've done a lot of investing through the years. And um, that really led me to a, a company I've been working on the last few years called Ticker. And um, I'll give you the quick backstory on how this happened. When I started working for larger businesses, I also started investing, but it was more angel investing, which is, there's nothing fancy about it. It's just investing in private businesses, not businesses that are public on the stock market, but private businesses, tech businesses that you think are going to go to the moon because you're on the ground level. And after a few years, you sell them for a big multiple and there you go, you retire. Well, that, <laughs> let's just say that's a lot easier said than done. And that actually never happened. I, again, learned a lot, made some money, but it's it was like one of those deals where I could be 
doing this whole angel investing thing for decades. And um, it's just too much risk for not a lot of rewards. So I, I turned my attention to the stock market, the public market in 2015. And that's when I just, I, I just got more realistic and said, okay, so let's follow the principles of Warren Buffett, Ben Graham, uh, Charlie Munger. Another gentleman I really respect a lot is Phil Town. And anyway, Warren Buffett has said, hey, if I just had a few million dollars of my own money to just invest on my own instead of other people's money, he could make consistent returns in the market that range between 15 and 50%, which is far better than the market average. And, and I knew like this is a guy who he doesn't gamble, right? He doesn't use emotions or feelings or beliefs when investing in businesses, which means he's using some foundation of logic. So I, uh, I'll try to keep this short here, but I, I sought out to figure out what that logic is, that math and my software engineering background. I'm like, okay, so let's start using Excel, start putting in equations and see what these guys can do. And long story short, most of the stuff out there on YouTube and a lot of books, it's a lot of noise, but thanks to Phil Town. I did a land upon some equations that were really like you could say rigorous. It kind of looks at the financial statements holistically and helps you. Uh, and this is what I wanted. I wanted to not spend a lot of time and remove emotions from investing so I could beat the market. And what happened was I used this Excel sheet for about four years, making returns that were between 15 and 50%. And I knew like, okay, I've got something here. Maybe I should do something with it, like a business. And so I started talking to retail investors, which are like everyday average Joe people like you and I, and then some institutional investors, some, some larger institutions that manage people's money and started showing them the platform, what it could do. And um, they're like, hey, you should consider turning, turning this into a software to share with others. So I decided, let's do this. Took about a year to build the software. Went live in 2020. Here we are, 2021. We've we've got over 3,000 customers globally that use our platform. Their retail investors are people, just everyday people. They'll join like a platform, like Robinhood or E-Trade or TD Ameritrade, and they can manage their own investments. So we serve that audience and help them find great stocks and stay away from uh, risky stocks. You could say. Very, very cool. So before we started talking on the show, we talked a little bit about your transition or your um, your steps to jump. I'm curious to know what at what point did you start planning for your exit and what things are you doing to jump? Whatever business you know you start in this case, I have a product business. It's B2C, so it's a really low price point. There's product businesses that are B2B where you could charge you know a few thousand dollars a month, but mine is it, we're talking like you join for free and then you can upgrade to a paid plan for like 19 bucks, then going up to like 29 bucks. So it's pretty low entry point, which means you need a lot of customers to make some money. <laughs> You know, you have to figure out like, in I, my case, I, I have some business or experience working for businesses that are B2C and how do you get the volume and just going out there to end users and talking to like John Doe or Mary Miller or whoever and selling them, that's not going to work. So what you got to do is you got to align yourself with channel partners. And then some businesses, they'll call them affiliates or distributors, but you got to find businesses that already serve your audience and then get attached to them. Like you got to serve their customers in a way they're not not already doing. And there's that value there. That's that strategic partnership. And then what we do is we have an affiliate, you know, kickback as any distributor. You know, everybody's got a share in the revenue, right? We've got an affiliate plan that's like thirty percent. So businesses can actually sync up with us and market ticker to their audience, and they're making money. 
based on that. So it's a win-win. And that's how you, you get the momentum going. And that's, that's literally the focus. Like what, what in a small business is going to move the needle the fastest? So I know it's like building a great product is number one, but two, it's channel partners. So it's, it's just a, you know, it's a kind of a trajectory thing. You're like, okay, so every month we're going up by X amount of dollars, which puts me at this kind of time horizon to leave, you know, a company. And as of the recording of this episode, as of November, early November, you know, I still work for Kohler. And I know we're talking about this offline the last 10 years. I've, I've never been an employee. I've always been a contractor. So it's like, you don't, you don't get benefits. You don't get 401k, anything like that. You got to do that on your own, but you do get paid, you know, a steady paycheck, which is you reduce your risk that way. Employer is number one, or, or in this case, the, the contract with Kohler has been great. And then when I do find time during the day, usually it's mornings, I'm an early bird and some weekends, then it's, then I can really focus on, you know, channel partner acquisition. How do you manage that? Like, was that the, the strategy in the beginning, like to contract and then um, transition or did that sort of just happen or, or, or are you just so, so brilliant and for has so much foresight that you're like, here's the path <laughs> that I want to take. When I was an entrepreneur, that first business, you know, there can be a, a sense of pride and I had to learn to get over that. Like, okay, so I was an entrepreneur entrepreneur. Now I'm going to work for a corporation. Like who does that? It's really comes down to removing pride and emotions from the equation. And like, you're looking to provide value to a big business to learn how that business operates, but in return, you'll be compensated a steady paycheck. Because one thing with investing, especially in the stock market, like if you can get good returns, that's one thing, but if you can have a steady paycheck, like a consistent paycheck, that's where you want to be. And I just knew like, just get that, just be responsible and learn, take the paycheck, but also learn. So yeah, I, I had to go that route, but I knew I never wanted to be a full-time employee. Okay. I don't want to climb a ladder. I know like I read four hour work week, you know, Tim Ferriss way back when it came out. And I knew like, that's where I'm driving towards. I don't want to enter a company and work 60 to 80 hours a week. That's, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> so contracting is, it's a good fit because it's kind of like a 40 and out. I mean, you'll do 45, 50 sometimes a week, but it's like at 40 hours, that's, that's a third of your time. The other third could be spent on like personal time. Of course, you know, I, I'm big into fitness and I, I do value sleep. So I make sure I get a good, good night's sleep every night, but you know, you still have a lot of time to work on something like a business. I've had a few failures over the last 10 years and I learned from those tech startup failures, but I knew with this one, like I'm going to execute it correctly. It's slower, slower process, but you do it correctly. You, you kind of know what works then. A lot of people talk about their successes, things that they've done that work. I have a segment called the stupidest thing you've done. <laughs> <laughs> so I always like to, to touch on this because I think that people underestimate the power of learning from the stupid things that yes. we've done. And, and um, we'll talk a little bit, um, you know, about the different parts of business and how you learn that as a contractor and how you segued that from your, um, your agency. So um, I have um, all those questions in our. What is the stupidest thing you've done? And if you're like me, it's quite a long list, but if you could narrow oh, yeah. it down to one. 
give us one of the stupidest things you've done. I've got a really good story for you and I'll try to keep it short. So this is around 2013. I was, I was really like, and I was just like a year or two into contracting and I was already really sick of it. Like, I, like who an entrepreneur, I'm going to work for corporations, you know, day in and day out. Like that does not sound fun to anybody. But again, I had to remove emotions and pride from the equation. And a buddy and I came up with a, a tech startup idea that at the time Groupon was still a thing, Living Social was still a thing. And, and the problem with those businesses is they take 50% of the revenues from all the sales. So then they serve a lot of restaurants, which have low profit margins. And we came up with the idea, what if we created a business that was subscription? It was Groupon, but subscription where businesses paid a hundred bucks a month and they keep all the profits, no matter what they could make. 1,000, 10,000, whatever, they keep it all. And we started selling subscriptions on this idea at the time, hand over fist. And we're like, oh, oh, we're onto something here. And I, before we really had any serious revenue, I quit contracting. I'm like, I'm going all in on this business. I was just living off savings. I'm like, this is going to the moon. This is going to be a billion dollar business. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, it's not, never was. And we'll get to that in a second. But we're selling this thing. And when it went live, we're like, this is it. I mean, we're going to get venture capital. We're going to take this to the moon. And it was crickets. And the problem was a Groupon-based business is essentially, it's a like a community. You got to have two audiences on the same platform. You got to have your businesses, which we could bring in no problem. But where are the consumers? Where are the people who are buying the deals? And all the businesses got wise real quick. And they're like, where are the customers? Well, our response was, we're working on that. Well, we couldn't bring them in fast enough. The businesses lost interest. It went nine months. We kept forcing this thing forward when we should have just packed up shop and, and just learned from the experience. But I, I went into debt. I didn't have a lot of savings. I just kept, I'm like, I believe in this thing. And I let my emotions drive this situation. And what I should have done is just realized, okay, keep your contracting job get this out there, test the market, see what the demand is, then raise venture capital, then get revenue. And then when it's making money, that's when you quit your contracting job. <laughs> I didn't do any of those things in that order. So I, I had to um, swallow my pride. Again, I'm down and out in debt. I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? I don't have any other business ideas. So I went right back to get a, another contract job. <laughs> And I quickly got myself out of debt and just, you know, that's when I, that's when I really got wise to how to execute a business correctly and really how to invest better. So I hated the experience, but my gosh, that was, that was the best learning experience I've ever had with business and investing. It, it was a necessary uh, milestone in life. I had experienced, I, I was pretty upset, but thank God for the opportunity. I came out, arrived where I'm at today. So um, last question, how, how do you execute a business correctly? So the first thing is a lot of people overthink it, you know, like Warren Buffett has a quote, there is some perverse human characteristic that uh, people like to make easy things difficult. And most people do this in every area of their life. It can be business, it can be relationships, it can be losing weight, it, it can be getting on a debt. Everybody makes it more difficult than it has to be. But the first thing you need to do is if you've got an idea, talk to people, like talk to your customers, just get their feedback. And you literally take their ideas and you just put them on paper. And then you talk to another person and then another person. What would you do here? And the faster you can get feedback, the faster you can validate if your idea is good or bad. 
And then when you start putting these things together, and if it's a product business, you got to create your product. So you want to put the least amount of time and energy and money into creating a product. You want to create an MVP, minimal viable product. In software world, you want to put as minimal code into this thing as possible. And there's other businesses that you have to manufacture physical products. So you got to create a prototype, but you want to get to these milestones as fast as possible. And really, it's the center of the whole equation is the customer. You're literally creating the, the product for the customer because what you think is a good idea, I'll tell you right now, 99% of the time, it's not. Your customers are going to determine what that is. And what happens is these people, they start taking ownership. They start becoming your friends. They, they don't hold back. They're like, Sean, I think you're working on something that's not going to produce any value. You should probably do this, you know, and then you validate it with five other customers. It's just, it's super easy. If you can get the customers engaged early and just involve them often, oh my gosh, it becomes so much easier. I have about a dozen other questions, but I know, <laughs> okay. I know we got to go. Um, if people want to reach out to you to learn more about your journey, your, um, your, newer, your newest company, your newest adventure, how can they do that? Yeah. So ticker.com is just T-Y-K-R.com or simply find me on LinkedIn. I, I use that platform pretty much every day. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Sean. Thanks. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.